0: This is More Than Before with Nathan Cook. Hey everyone, welcome back to another amazing episode of the show. I am excited today to highlight a really amazing friend of mine. She is a powerhouse, full of motivation, full of life. She is so exciting to be around. She just, uh, she's a ball of energy, truly. Uh, She has been helping entrepreneurs, uh, people in the Latino community. Uh, She has a book out that is absolutely amazing. She's a coach. She's a speaker. But not only that, she has just this phenomenal wisdom that she pours into any business that she is working with, and even entrepreneurs uh, that she's working with. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. Lucy Escobar, welcome to the show. I'm excited to have you on. How are you, my friend?
1: Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It is a true pleasure to be here, and I can't wait until we dive into not only getting to know Lucy, but also... Remembering some of our time together, right? It's been a couple of years since we've known each other, and um, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for the opportunity.
0: I love you say what? a couple of years because it makes me sound so much younger than I am. Uh, you know, a couple of years date what we we go back actually quite a bit, right? Um, isn't it like seven years ago that we when we first met? I think like
1: eight eight years ago. Yes, absolutely. It's Let's been- stick with
0: seven. Seven sounds a lot younger to me. No. <laughs>
1: That's a lucky
0: number for me. <laughs> you know, you you truly are this really bubbly person, but I love that you have this impeccable um like desire to grow. Ever since I've known you, that's you are so good at asking questions, wanting to learn. And it doesn't matter what kind of question you ask. I, I love that about you. There is like a humility in asking, but there's also a confidence in saying, you know what? I don't care what I ask. There is no such thing as a dumb question because at the end of the day, I truly want to know this information, and not only that, but you have a, a huge heart for community so i 'm really excited to dive into today um, like like most times that we get on the show. I love going into the origin story of where someone came from. How did you get to this point so I know that uh, for yourself, you grew up uh, down in california if i 'm not if i 'm not mistaken, you actually grew up in l a And um, you were actually, uh, you weren't born in LA, though. You were actually born in Torrance, California. Is that correct?
1: That is correct. On a beautiful sunny day, (laughs) (laughs) I was born in Torrance, California.
0: I love that. So uh, were you an only child? Did you have siblings? What what was life like for you growing (laughs) up?
1: Yeah. So I have four brothers and a, uh, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, well, five brothers, because I I have a second family because I was um, adopted. So I have four brothers, five brothers and four sisters. Uh, So I have two families that I absolutely love. And growing up was very challenging, but very rewarding. I think that it helped me be the woman that I am today. Mm -hmm. When I was a year old, my family transferred to Baja, California, Mexico, And then at the age of 10, I came back into the United States, and I've been here since. Came back to actually Torrance, California, where I started elementary school, middle school, high school, and all that fun stuff in in Torrance, California.
0: Mm. I mean, so you you actually had uh, kind of an exciting childhood of, you know, first of all, being born here and then moving away, coming back you know at the age mm-hmm. of 10 i would imagine that you've gotten to live and see quite a bit of life even in that, those 10 years of life what was mm-hmm. what was that period like for you like were you the popular kid were you the outspoken kid were you the shy kid like what what was lucy like when she was really really young cuz i think most people who would see you today would go oh my gosh lucy is so confident she is just this ball of energy she's uh, you know she's able to go into any room and really get to know anyone uh, were, were you always like that? Or was that something that you kind of developed as you were growing up?
1: I was one of those childs that nobody wanted to have in the classroom. Mm. I uh, always had terrible grades, never turned in my homework, uh, always getting into a fight, always getting suspended from school. Uh, I recall my sister... Uh, coming into my classroom and asked me, how come you can be a normal person? How come you always have to be getting yourself into fights and doing Mm. all those things. And, and to be honest with you, not that I grew up and realized that, um, I needed love. I needed understanding. I needed support. And that was a way for me to communicate what I needed as a child. Um, I feel like that was my life. And even here in the U S um, I remember when I was in middle school, um, I was always being sent to detention, like, hmm. you know, cause I was always the trouble kid. And I remember one time I had a teacher, her name was Ms. Ventura. And she asked me to stay after class. She's like, Lucy, I want you to stay after class. I want to talk to you about something. And I remember my attitude that day. And I said, give me the slip, send me to detention, whatever it is, just let me out. <laughs> And she looked at me and said, Lucy, I want you to have a seat. And I'm like, having a seat? What did I do now? That was my (laughs) attitude. She looked at me and said, Lucy, you're very smart. Mm. You're capable. When you grow up and I see you in the streets, you know, when you're walking down the street, I want you to tell me that you actually pursue whatever it is that you want to accomplish in life. Mm. And I believe that you're capable of achieving anything you want because you're very smart. You have a great, a positive image about yourself, even though you're not showing that today. Nathan, since that conversation, when Ms. Ventura looked at my eyes, I believe her. Mm. And that really helped me have a 360 in my life where I started turning in homework You know, applying myself, learning, um, getting out of trouble and really just focusing on how can I become a better person? That image of that person, that Miss Ventura told me that I could be. Mm. And a lot of people look at me now and say, gosh, Lucy, you must have a perfect life. You're always so happy. You're always so optimistic about the world. But unfortunately, I had to go through a lot of things to be at this place. And I think that one of those things is like forgiving myself for the things that I didn't do or could have done. Right. Mm. Um, So, yes, that's a little bit of how Lucy grew up.
0: I love that. And I love that someone, you you know, for those of you listening to the show, it's so fascinating how many people have not the same exact story that Lucy's talking about, but everyone has uh, someone like uh, Miss Ventura in their life that speaks into them, that sees possibility, that sees who they could be or who they actually are really deep down in their core. And -hmm. they speak into you, they speak life. And I think so many of us need that even as adults, we need that. But as adults ourselves, we need to be thinking about those opportunities that we can be pouring into our youth today, the people that are around us today, because so many people truly are looking for these things that you were looking for young when you were a young kid, love, understanding, support, and I think that you're right, that a lot of people, including yourself, I think I would also put myself in this category too. I acted out because I wasn't getting these things when I was younger. And I think so many people would live life differently mm-hmm. if they knew that, man, there there are some amazing things inside of you and you just need to start living into those things. I'm curious for you. I love that you say that You know, there were some struggles along the way, because I think I think the struggles are really some of those crucible moments in life where we have to decide who it is that we're going to be. And we don't always choose the right thing, but if we continue to have these crucible moments, these struggles and frustrations, they eventually lead us to making a change. Lucy, what were some of those frustrations for you as you were growing up that you started to look at where your life was going and you started going, man, I want to do something different with my life. What were some of those those trials in your own life?
1: Yes, I feel like um the fact that I was you know in a sense adopted, I didn't feel like I belong
0: mm. right I
1: didn't feel like um that there was somebody that cared for me that um I remember most of my time uh as a young adult, you know, I spent at the park, I would go to school, come home, spend most of the day at the park until it's it dark, and then I would come home right um but I always um believe that. God had a better plan for me. I always believed mm-hmm. that I needed to go through all these uh, moments, faces, growth in my life to experience a better life. And I always had dreams, dreams of... Um becoming a professional dreams of working in the banking industry, which actually, when I was five years old, I used to tell my dad when I grow up i 'm going to be a businesswoman, mm-hmm. and I want to work at the bank because I want to get my nails done and wear high heels i didn't know what it meant back then, <laughs> <laughs> but all of that I think I in a sense, holding my image and believing that I was capable of achieving the things that I wanted in life, mm-hmm. and I knew that um It was going to be a lot of work i knew that i needed to focus in different areas i know that i needed to grow in other areas but i was willing to keep going and keep believing in myself despite if anybody else believed in me because i made a commitment to myself when i was 11 that i was responsible for my life that i was responsible for my happiness Mm. and sometimes nathan you hear me speak about myself in third person because it is my responsibility to take care of Lucy, to help her, to guide her, to make sure that she gets the help that she needs in order for for us to continue to move forward. If that mm. makes any sense,
0: it does. And I, and I love that piece about it because in order in order to really understand who you are and who you're created to be, you really do have to do that inventory. You have to do uh, the work. And I love actually the fact that you said earlier that you knew that. This road was going to be a lot of work. It was going to take effort. You know, I love the I love the dream that uh, you wanted to be a businesswoman. You wanted to be in banking. In fact, there was there was one other thing I actually remember. We had a, we had a conversation. I think probably five years ago, maybe it was four years ago. And I remember sitting down and talking. And I was saying, you know, Lucy, what were your dreams? Uh, you know, to get up to this point. And, and I remember you saying, uh, not only you wanted to have the job, you wanted to be able to do your nails, and you wanted to be able to have nice shoes. But you also said, I want to live on a golf course. And if I'm not mistaken, (laughs) Lucy, you live on a golf course, don't you?
1: Yes. And I have to tell you that, um, I have to say a little bit of a story about that. Okay. So the family that took me in, um, they own a house cleaning company. And since I was 10 years old, I was out cleaning houses. Right. Mm. And I remember walking into this house it was such a beautiful house um, in a golf course. And the gentleman that we were cleaning the house had a beautiful library with a lot of books. And I, would, I was cleaning a little frame and just looking out the window. And I remember telling myself at that age, when I grow up, I'm going to have a house like this. Mm. I love this place. And a few years ago, Nathan, I was actually grabbing things from my printer. And I happened just to turn exactly like a flashback at the 10 year old Lucy, when I stated, when I grow up, I'm going to leave in a house like this. And there I was, I realized that I actually had accomplished my dream, mm-hmm. right? I live in a golf course and not to brag on myself, but just to know that God has wonderful plans for us. Right. Yeah. And, um, it's just been a, a beautiful experience.
0: <laughs> I love that. It's so it's, I, I mean, it, it taught, it speaks to the importance of actually having a vision, having yes. a dream, like, I don't think we, we give ourselves enough latitude to dream nowadays. And I'm, I'm guilty of this too, even with my own kids, because, you know, I, I've got three beautiful little kids and they're at the age of where they're dreaming of things. They're using utensils as, you know, as everything, but what they're actually used for. Right. And you're like, no, that's a fork. That's we're not, that is not a microphone. That's not something that we are using as a hammer. Like there's a lot of things that your kids become imaginable of. And they say, well, you know, I want to do this and I want, I want to do that. And it's, it's not necessarily that I want to curb their creativity and their imagination, but when I look at it, I want them to use things appropriately. But on the other side of things, I think so many times as adults, um, we lose that creativity mm-hmm. to be able to create a future, create a life that we really want. Mm-hmm. And it is important for us to imagine what it is that we want in our life. I, th- I think we don't actually spend a lot of time doing that. Uh, you know, when you were younger, um, maybe in your teens or as you're growing up, did you envision yourself going into the banking world, or was that something that was kind of spoken into you because of some of the gifts of maybe your learning? What, like, what, what propelled you to get into the banking world? And then I also want to go into a little bit after that of you know how you got to where you are today, where you're not in the banking world anymore. You're still working with people in terms of finances and and business, but I'm curious what propelled you to get to this place today specifically into the banking world and then transitioning out
1: yes well thank you for that question because as i stated earlier being in the banking world for the wrong reasons right (laughs) (laughs) that was my vision when i was a little girl but as i grew up um i remember walking in uh nathan to an interview i was 19 years old walking into a bank Never been to an interview before. I didn't have a resume. I didn't know what an interview was. I walked in with confidence thinking that I had that job. I never applied for a job outside of my family's company. Right. Wow. So I go in and I'm like, I'm here for the assistant manager position. I heard, I saw your sign, you're hiring. So here I am. Tell me, what are the responsibilities of this job? What are you looking for? I started asking all these questions. They're like, Do you have a resume? I'm like, What is that? <laughs> <laughs> um, and they asked me a lot of questions. They asked me to answer the phone, to greet clients, to make a phone call. And I stayed to work the same day. My job was an assistant manager and I didn't have any previous experience on that, but I knew what I wanted. I wanted to work in the banking industry. And then I was promoted to a collector. So I did a little bit of collections and then underwriting. And then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. I mastered this position. Now I want to become a branch manager. Mm. Right. Um, and unfortunately, I was not promoted as a branch manager because they said that I was too kind and too sweet and they didn't see any leadership skills in me, but I was devel- uh, mm. developing my team and I was growing our team and having wonderful customer service experience for our clients. So I decided to pack and apply for another position. And I remember that day, I was so disappointed because I was not given that opportunity to be a branch manager. I started faxing my resume back in the days we, we used to use fax. And I remember calling this location and I said, okay, I would fax the resume and say, hi, that you received it. And like, yes, we did, we will call you. And I said, perfect. One location, one bank, I actually faxed over my resume three times. At the end of the day, I was disappointed because they claimed they never received it. And I was Mm. exhausted. I'm like, I'm going to go home. So I lived in uh, Long Beach, California in a 700 square foot apartment, tiny, tiny, tiny apartment. I'm walking into the apartment and the phone is ringing. And mind you, I was 21 years old at that age. And Mm. I'm like, I'm pretty sure it's the wrong number, but I'm going to pick up the phone. So I did. And the gentleman that answered the phone, he's like, hi, my name is Ron. We receive your resume, not once, but three times. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The fax was out of paper and I said, fantastic. And he said, we're interested in visiting with you. And I don't know what came over me, but I said, listen, you have my resume in front of you. i already given you all of my information. If you don't think I'm a quality branch manager potential, do not call me for an interview. 21 years old. And the gentleman, a little bit of confidence there. <laughs> I know, a little too much confidence. Confidence and I or
0: ignorance, I don't know. I there's there's I a fine line between the two lines, right?
1: <laughs> but it worked, right? So wow. that's the one thing about me. I, I love advocating for myself. And um, I went in for an interview, Nathan. I negotiated a plan, a, per, a professional development plan that wow. I was going to be hired as an assistant manager with a development plan of six months to become a branch manager. And went back to my, my employer and said, you don't believe in me? It's perfectly okay. Somebody else believes that I have potential and I'm going to move on. I stayed in the banking industry for 20 years as a branch manager, developed wow. teams, did wonderful things, engaged in the community. It was such a rewarding experience. Then I decided to take 30 days off and said, okay, I need to go in and explore, discover what I want. Mm. Uh, what is the second phase of my life? And I recognize that I have grown because I've always been a personal development um, guru junkie that (laughs) wants to learn and wants to learn. I actually met John Maxwell when I was 21 years old through his books, and he became my mentor. Um, I stayed in the banking industry and decided one day that it was time for me to better myself. Mm. I need to open my coaching and, and consulting office and be able to help others. To develop themselves because I hired wonderful coaches, had wonderful mentors that had allowed me to be where I'm at today, that encouraged me and supported me. My vision now is bigger than myself. And that came from self-discovery, right? Mm-hmm. Understanding um, what were my values? What were, what were the areas of interest that I had? Uh, what was my passion? And kind of doing a self, self-reflection to really understand what mattered to me. I've always been a very goal-driven individual. And I think that at times I get criticized for that because Mm. I have a bigger vision than myself. Mm. When I went in and resigned my position as a branch manager, my district manager said, wait a minute, how are you going to pay your mortgage? How are you going to do this? How are you going to do that? And I said, don't you worry about a thing. I got things planned. I have a plan. I'm going to execute it and I'm going to go impact the world. And that's how I ended opening my coaching and consulting practice for now, seven years now.
0: (laughs) I love that so much because so many people aren't willing to bet on themselves. In fact, from, Mm -hmm. from even what you've just said, your entire life, you've been betting on yourself. You've been, you've been confident in stepping in to things that are uncomfortable. I mean, really, you know, from, from saying, Hey, if you, if you don't want me as your bank manager, then I don't want to be your bank manager. And (laughs) like putting it out there, like, this is what I want. If you don't, if you don't recognize the potential that I see in myself, then you're not, you're not worth my time. And I absolutely love that because so many people, I mean, they're not, now hear me out though. Like you do have to have some skills. Like Lucy yes. has this incredible ability to connect with people. And, and I find it funny that uh, your, your superiors, your, your, your managers that were over you told you that you were too nice to be in leadership. Cause that just, Mm -hmm. that makes me kind of laugh because at the end of the day we actually need to be nice to the people that we're leading. In fact, that's one of the greatest ways that you can become an influence in people's lives. Now Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that you're always light and fluffy and you're, you know, you're always (laughs) telling the people what they want to hear, but you are Mm -hmm. kind in your demeanor. You're kind in how you approach people, but you, you, you have obviously, had some Im- incredible moments that you stepped out in faith, one, yeah. but two, you had the courage to step out. And I think a lot of people, they may say that they have the faith, but they don't mm-hmm. match or back up that faith with the courage to step out mm-hmm. and do things that actually scare them. And I love that about you because you're constantly stepping out. In fact, I remember when we first uh, were, were talking, um, we met a number of years ago before we actually went through a certification training uh, together, and and uh, mm-hmm. I remember you asking me all these questions, and I said, Lucy, yes. all you need to do is you need you need to show up one to the training, but two, you need to show up to the specific event at the training, and they're going to talk about how you can build your business. And I didn't tell you anything more than that. In fact, uh, it it turned out later on, you came up to me like, you didn't tell me that you were leading this part of the group. And I was like, well, you know, I I didn't want to turn you off. Like maybe, maybe I might scare you (laughs) or something, but you, you showed up and I gave you this challenge. I don't, I don't know if you remember this, but I gave you a challenge of starting uh, a couple of groups to study personal growth and leadership, specifically focusing on a book on personal growth. And I, I remember giving this charge to everyone, all thousand people that were in this room. And I remember you calling me a couple of weeks later and uh, you were like, Nathan, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Do you remember what I'm talking about here?
1: Yes. Yes. And, and you have been, um, such a blessing in my life, Nathan, throughout the years. Um, I, I stated earlier that I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for the people around me that believe in me, that guide me, that that encourage me, and you were one of them. So I wanna take the opportunity to thank you. You know, thank you for for one, believing in me and my abilities, two, for giving me guidance when I need guidance, and three, for building my confidence when we when I didn't have confidence, like, how am I going to do this? Right. I'm a great branch manager. I can do all those great things, but this is something new to me. And mm-hmm. I believe that that helped me tremendously. I, mm-hmm. um, the 15 loss of growth from John C. Maxwell, that's the mastermind that I started and the rest of it is history. I, uh, build my confidence in helping others went to the certification. I became also certified with the John Maxwell team as a disbehavior analysis consultant, Diversity and inclusion, um, business consultant. I mean, I am a student. I uh, continue learning and committed to to my lifelong learning and education because education opens doors. And, mm. and not to say Nathan that I mean I didn't I, I didn't go to college right I I don't have a college degree, but I have life's experiences and I have taken numerous of classes. In fact, right now Nathan, I'm taking a class to become a tax preparer. Um, and that's to be able to support my clients and and and, and the taxation and how, how can I support them, right? How can mm. I add extra tools in order for me to be able to support my clients in order for them to achieve success? And this reminds me of one of my mentors, Dr. Bill, told me one day that you cannot give your clients leftovers. You need to continue mm. to develop yourself and continue to learn your skills, continue to learn in in order for you to acquire the skill set and the experience you need in order for you to help your clients succeed. And that really resonated with me. So thank you, Nathan, for your support.
0: Well, you know, what I love about that is, man, there's so much in this that what you just said, you know, first of all, you cannot give your clients leftovers. That is huge because so many people Uh, whether that's in a coaching industry or a training industry or whether that's in really any industry, people are not stepping up to serve their clients. They're they're doing things to serve themselves. And I hope you catch this with what Lucy's talking about because everything that Lucy does in her life, all the education, yes, it helps her, but she does it because she wants to pour into her clients. She wants her clients clients to succeed. succeed. She wants the people around her to succeed. And I think so- Often in life, we forget that we're not growing ourselves for ourselves; we're growing ourselves to help other people to achieve more. But there's also this other piece that I remember you calling me, Lucy, and I remember you calling me and saying, "Oh my gosh, Nathan, I don't know what to do." And I and I'm thinking, "What do you mean you don't know what to do?" You're like, like in my head, the majority of people that went to that event and I told them go start a mastermind. The majority of them that I was talking to, they were saying. Well, I, I can't, I can't get enough people in it. In fact, I just called because I have like one or two people in my mastermind and I don't know what I should do. And normally I would just say, go and do it. Like, it's fine. It doesn't matter how many people are in there. Just go add more value to those people and it will continue to grow. Mm -hmm. But when I asked you, Lucy, (laughs) I asked you like, what's, what seems to be the problem? And I was expecting you to say, well, I don't have enough people in my mastermind When, in fact, you looked at me and you said, "Um, I have multiple masterminds starting up and they're all full. And I don't know if I could do this, Nathan. (laughs) And what's interesting is I think there are moments in life where we start to dream big and we take the bite. Mm -hmm. We take that large bite of where we feel like we're supposed to be going. And there's a moment where we almost feel like it's too big for us to handle. And I'm curious for you, one, have you ever felt that where you've just bitten off so much and you're going, Oh my gosh, what am I going to do here? What, how, how am I going to make it through this? Have you experienced that? And what did you do moving through that so that you could truly come to the end and say, you know what, look at, look at what do I, what I achieved. I didn't think this was possible, but I had faith. I pushed, I pushed forward and maybe maybe the piece started to come into place i don't know what what was that process like have you experienced that before
1: absolutely in fact i i experienced that almost every week every other day right i mean <laughs> resilience and adaptability that's what comes to mind mm-hmm setbacks and challenges would always be there. However, they don't have to stop us, right? I think i always seen a, a challenge or an opportunity for me to grow, an opportunity for me to pivot, an opportunity for me to adapt. And instead of um, sitting back and, and feeling that I'm not capable of, be brave enough, right, to ask for help. And, and this lead me to learn from my failures, right? Adjust my strategies when I need to adapt my strategies and persevere in face of adversity. I have a team now that supports me, right? Team that actually, I am the face to Lucy Escobar coaching and consulting, but being able to grow my business where I have the support, I needed to make those tough decisions. Do I? Can I afford to bring somebody to work beside me? Can I afford to actually buy a system that is going to be able to help me eliminate some some of my day-to-day tasks? And mm. I feel like those are some of the tough questions and adaptability that we as entrepreneurs need to need to embrace and not be afraid. What is the worst thing that can happen that it doesn't work mm. out, but at least you tried it? And, Mm. you know, I was reading a book or I was um, in YouTube, I believe is uh, I was watching a video the other day and a gentleman was stating, if you want to accomplish your dream, don't write one way of doing things, write 20 ways of doing things, of Mm. accomplishing your dreams, because maybe... Number one might work out halfway. Number three might be the second, you know, tool that you need to accomplish your dream. But maybe number nineteen will help you get to where you want to get. So I think it's so important for us to adapt. It's so important for us to learn from our failures. But most importantly, adjust my strategy. And we heard that before: adjust your strategy, not your goal. And I think Mm. that that has provided me a lot of growth in my, in my business, and my personal life.
0: I love it. It it kind of reminds me, um, if I remember correctly, there was a, there was a time where someone went up to Thomas Edison asking him about the light bulb Mm -hmm. and they said, you know, how do you, how do you feel about the fact that you created, it it took you 10,000 tries Mm -hmm. to create the light bulb. And he looked at him and he said, Oh, you know, it wasn't failure. I just learned 19,999 ways mm-hmm. not to create a light bulb. <laughs> and I love that you I love that you say this because it's really important. You know, if you're an entrepreneur out there, if you're listening to the program, or if you've even dreamed about mm-hmm. being an entrepreneur, it's not going to be one way that works for you. Mm-hmm. There are multiple ways, multiple opportunities to be successful in different industries and in different kinds of products and those kinds of things. And it all comes back to the question of how badly do you want it? How badly do you want it? And how many, how many different roads are you willing to travel to figure out what road is going to be best for you? Now for you, Lucy, I'm curious what, what actually got you into banking to begin with? Like, why was was it just the money piece? was it the fact that you know growing up you you, you told your parents you want, you wanted to go into banking what What was it that made banking stick out to you because I find it interesting that you even though you 're out of the banking world, you continue to sharpen yourself like what you were just talking about of being able to prepare and work on taxes and and understand those things like most people uh, don 't find that exciting and yet i 've heard you talk about educational programs that you're learning to be better on the financial side of when you're working with a client, What, where does that passion for finances and banking, where does that come from?
1: Thank you. I, I truly want to serve others. Um, and that comes in different ways, right? Serving others, Meaning sometimes it's a word of encouragement for, for some people, right? Uh, I came into banking with truly the desire to dress nice and get my snail fingers, you know my nails done. But what I learned in there is that I was actually making an impact. And if you mm. see now, the coaching and consulting in the banking is actually pretty similar. Pretty similar. Yeah. You get to visit with people. You get to understand what are some of the obstacles that they're facing. And I get to write tools and resources in order for them to be successful, in order for them to accomplish what they desire in their personal life, with their teens or their businesses, right? We we'll look at different areas and find out, okay, how can I best serve you? And I think that that's something that I, I have a desire to do, to add value, to be able to serve others and and to be able to To see others succeed, I don't have to be the one getting credit, I don't have to be the one in the microphone, my joy comes from seeing one person uh, transform their desires into actionable steps in order for them to take action and then reap the benefits of what they desired to do. So Mm -hmm. I feel that... um, that's something that I, I've been called to do in this earth, serving others um, by volunteering for nonprofits in my community, but act of kindness, just doing, paying it forward for other people. Nathan, one of the things that I always think about, like 10% of my income goes to supporting those that can't afford my services. And that mm. is something that I take to heart right um so the act of kindness i always think like i hope i have a 27 year old uh my son and i said i hope that one day when my son is something somebody's able to lend a hand to him somebody that is able to help him um mentoring and coaching and developing others is a passion of mine i feel like i found that calling in the banking industry and advocating advocating for causes that create policies and promote social justice quality and a positive change in our community. Right now, mm. I'm working in, in some pretty significant uh, projects that would transform our economy here in Salem, Oregon, that uh, thanks to my banking career, now I'm able to utilize some of that skill set in order for me to be able to help nonprofits in our community.
0: You know, you, you touched on one thing that's really interesting to me, your son. I, I think uh, from what we've talked about in the past, but even even just recently, uh, your son is a huge pride point for you. Um, he he has come so far. I'm I'm curious, what was what was it like raising your son, and really needing to step up for him when you were raising him? Because there's so many parents that don't feel like they're equipped to raise their kids, and I think it's I think it's a a, a misnomer that. We as parents were, were given to our kids for a reason. Our kids were given to us for a reason because we are able and equipped to work with them very specifically. And I'm curious, what was that like for you raising your son? And what did you start to notice in yourself that you needed to change, that you needed to grow in order Mm -hmm. to be the mom that he needed to be where he is today?
1: Well, that's such a powerful question because. I feel like as a parent, right, as a working female mother, I feel like I was never um, a good mom. Right. Mm -hmm. That I I feel like I was never um, I could have done something different. I could have spent more time. I could have, you know, been more involved. But to be honest with you, Nathan, I mean, I was involved in basketball practice. I was involved in school activities. I was a mom scout. I was my house where, where the kids and everybody would come and hang out. And and just recently about maybe about five years ago, I had that conversation with my son. Um, I'm like, sorry, honey. I'm calling him honey. (laughs) I'm like, sorry, honey, if I, you know, I wish I could have been a better mother to you, you know, as you were growing up. And he Mm. looked at me and said, mom, you are the person I look up to. You're my inspiration. You motivate me. I am so proud of you for who you are and everything that you have Mm. given me. And now that my son is 27 years old, now that I see him in his dream job, he just got married about three weeks ago, seeing with his wife now, I feel like that's a parenting milestone that I have accomplished, right? Mm-hmm. Seeing my son working in the field that his lives, being a contributing member of society, being now a husband, um, it just gives me so much joy. And that guilt of not being an, a good enough mother, that guilt of holding myself to a standard that I shouldn't have, Right mm. um, has lifted, and I I feel complete.
0: I'm I'm curious because when you were raising him, mm-hmm. it, was it in that moment when you were raising him when he was younger that you didn't feel like you were good enough, a good enough mom, or did that come later on as he was growing up and maturing as a, as a young man? Was it more of a, a reflective piece that you were looking back and saying, "Man, I wish I would have been a, a better mom," or when when do you feel like that hit a fever pitch? Because I know for myself. There are times right now where I'm like, oh man, I wish I could. I should. I need to be a better dad. I need to be more patient. I need to be more affectionate and loving. Um, I, I, there are those moments in in the moment that I feel like, man, I wish I could be a better dad. But then, I'm curious, was that more in the moment for you while you were raising him, or did that come later on in life as you were reflecting and going, man, I wish I would have done this differently.
1: You know what Nathan my my vision as a mother was to provide for my son and to be there for my son the things that I didn't have right I wanted mm-hmm. to be the loving caring um positive mother that I wish I had right I wanted to provide a stable home where he can call it home and and grow up with his friends from elementary school to middle school to high school and and build a community. I wanted to offer that to my son. And mm. the price of that was me working very long hours. I was going to school, right? Mm. And having to still be a mother. So that guilt of like, Yes, I'm still growing with my son because I was a very young mother. I was 19 years old when I had him. I'm still growing with my son. I'm still going to school. I'm working a full-time job. And here I am trying to be a mom as well. So Mm. that guilt came over me when he was younger, right? Mm. But as he grew older and I got finished school, you know, classes that I was taking because I always been in school in and out, in and out, depending on what the need is. Um, as I grew older and my son grew older, I came to realize, like, I think I've been a good mother, but I needed to hear mm. it from him, right? Mm. I need that confirmation. Um, he's a wonderful kid. I am so blessed to be his mother. It's such an honor to have such a beautiful young man being my son. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, I, and I love that because I think that's something also like we always think about things from like the, the child side of things mm-hmm. of, like when we're growing up or when we are grown up, we kind of almost go, man, I wish my parents would have, you know, spoken more to me. of mm-hmm. like, they love me. They're, mm-hmm. they're proud of me. Those kinds of things. We kind of think of that on the one-sided aspect of like me, 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 mm-hmm. me. And it's interesting because I think it was probably maybe, maybe five, eight years ago. And I was sitting in a coffee shop and I realized that, man, I, I need to tell my dad how much I appreciate him. I need to, I need to pour back into his life and say, you know, the reason I'm where I am today is because of you. And I and I think even by what you were just saying, you felt that from your son, you Mm -hmm. you, he's told you that that, Mm -hmm. you know, mom, you're you're a great mom. But not only that, you were just telling me not not that long ago um, that uh, you were telling me about how proud you were of your son because uh, he is he's now a sheriff which is a, a tremendous responsibility and we need so many more people to step up into law enforcement. So, you know, thank you for your son, for, for serving uh, our communities uh, of stepping up and doing that. But you were also telling me about um, his mother-in-law recently telling you something about who he is as a child. What, what was that specifically that she said to you about raising him.
1: Yes, Nathan. I'm going to get a little teary-eyed over here because this is, I think this is every mother's dream come true. Um, I raised my son with love and care and patience and words of affirmation and helping him believe that he could accomplish great things and be a loving husband, be responsible, you know, and, uh, my son got married three weeks ago and before he got married, his mother-in-law called me and said, Lucy, do you have a few minutes? I want to talk to you. And I thought she was going to call me to talk a little bit more about the preparation for the wedding. And she told me like, I just want to thank you mm-hmm. for rais- raising such a wonderful man. I couldn't think of any other person to marry my daughter. Thank mm-hmm. you for, um, you know, for who he is, and that's a reflection of your parenting, that's a reflection of who you are, and it took me by surprise, because never in my lifetime would have thought I received a phone call, but also, I'm so happy for my grandkids in the future, for generations Mm -hmm. to come, because I believe that I have accomplished a goal in my personal life that is so meaningful, that generations to come are going to benefit from
0: it. Mm. I mean, it's it's just so powerful to hear you talk about that because so often when we start on the show, um, we're talking about accolades. We're talking about who the person, like what are their achievements? And, and I don't always jump directly into the achievements because there's so much in the past that I want to jump into of, of their story. But You know, It it is so remarkable of how we can focus so much on success. Not that success isn't good. Success is good. It's important for us to make money. It's important for us to strive to become more, to be better in our lives. But there's also this other aspect of showing up in life for our families, showing up in life for our communities, for the people around us, and truly showing up as the person that we were created to be. And I and I love hearing that, that not only have you had affirmation from loved ones, but you've also had affirmation of who you are and pouring in to those around you from, from other people.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: As you look into the future and what you're wanting to create, because I know that you have this great imagination to desire to build and to create more community and to lift more people up and to support more people. What does it look like for you stepping forward Knowing that, man, um, like maybe you want to do more, maybe you want to push harder, but at the, at, at, in the back of your mind, you start to ask yourself the question of, well, maybe it's less about what I need to do and it's more about who I need to be. Mm-hmm. Who are you called to be right now so that you can continue to move forward towards these goals that you've set before yourself?
1: I ask myself that question often, Nathan, um, who do I need to be to achieve greatness And when I think of greatness, I don't think of like tangible things that think about my character. I think about how can I be more loving, caring, looking for other people, right? I Mm finished my second book. Um, Both of the books that I have published are in Spanish. Well, I haven't published the second one. But I'll tell you, there's something that I wrote in that second book, uh, which I finished the middle of this year, that I can't publish that book until I actually practice in one thing that I wrote in this book. Mm. And when you ask me, who do I need to become? or What, you know, in order for me or, or, or where is my mindset now? Or what are my goals now? Definitely is to serve others. That's my calling in life. Who do I need to become less like me? Mm. less like lucy and um, more of the image of my creator right um Mm. what are my priorities now developing that relationship with my creator and to be at service of others but most importantly when i develop that relationship with my creator i need to make sure that i take care of me lucy because i cannot give what i don't have right So I feel like I'm always developing myself. I'm always unlearning things that I learn in order for me to be able to see people, in order for me to be able to see others, not see transactions, but truly see people and be able to service them. Um, Mm. I have a big passion for the Latino community. I will continue to service the Latino community um, in, in any capacity that I can in any community, specifically those that don't have a voice. So who do I need to become? I think for now it's me, right? But less Mm -hmm. me and more of him, if that makes any sense.
0: (laughs) I think it makes so much sense, you know, you know, coming from a a Christian background, um, it's so important for for believers. And, you know, if, if you're not a faith, completely fine. This will also apply to you too. But, you know, so much of our lives are focused on building ourselves, making ourselves better, so that we can be better on top mm-hmm. of other people, right? We're trying to outcompete other people. We want to be the best, and it's not because we want to be the best to help others out. We want to be the best because we want to be first. You know, even if it even if it means stepping on other people as we go. And it, it's true that we do have to become less of ourselves and more like our Creator, more like God, more like Christ. And I love that because it's true. And I think so many people are afraid to say that mm-hmm. today. You know, it's, it's important that we have a mentor um, in our life. You know, God, Christ is a huge mentor that we have a perfect example of who we can run after and chase after. You know, I, I love that you say about, you talk about being a voice, because I think this is a huge part of your story. And I want to touch on this for for a moment, at least, because you are an advocate. You are a voice for people who maybe are misrepresented, who don't have a voice at the table, and growing up for you um, I think this is this is something that has been installed in you since the beginning of your time that you were meant to be a connector, you were meant to be a voice for people because growing up, you were a voice for your parents. your parents didn't necessarily have a voice when they were here can you Can you tell us a little bit about that relationship that you had with your parents because not only were you child, not only were you you know daughter but you were also a voice for your parents growing up. What, what specifically was that voice that you were for them?
1: Absolutely. I feel like, um, well, as a Latina, right, my parents didn't speak much English. I'm still learning. <laughs> right. But I had to be the voice for them to advocate for them, to be able to read paperwork that they receive in the mail, to be able to go into you know, offices and translate for them at times at work so I could come to work with them and, and be their voice. So that way they're being heard around the table that's why my one of my priorities in life is to advocate for BIPOC community for the Black, Indigenous, and people of color, right? Uh, for us to be able, for me to be their voice, you know? I get hmm. to do, be their voice sometimes just... In in community events that I host, in nonprofit organizations that I volunteer, I was a commissioner for the Human Rights Division for for the City of Salem to understand the needs of our community. And I will continue Mm. to advocate and continue to be the voice for those that need me to be the voice for them.
0: Truly, your life just, it continues, who you are continues to show up in what you do. And that's what I love about you, Lucy, because you truly do, like, you have a huge passion for people. It comes out so clearly when you're working with people, you have a desire to add value to people because you want to see them succeed. It's not just about you. It's actually about lifting other people up. And I, and I truly do love this quality about you. You know, lucy has given us so much wisdom she's poured into us today for those of you that are listening i want to make sure you go and you check out lucy's website for more information uh, you can find out more at com. go check her out she has some amazing phenomenal things that you can go and you can start learning from what she's doing but not only that a great book uh and another book that's going to be coming out here hopefully soon that you can use that as a resource for friends that you know in the Latino-Latina community that could really benefit them and help them. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you one more question here before we wrap up. And it really does come back to this this question of, of looking at who you were created to be. I think so many of our youth right now are struggling to figure out who it is that they are and who they want to be. And and there's a lot of outside influences that are not even just speaking, they're like yelling at our youth of, mm-hmm. of who they need to be, what they need to be right now. And I think what we could really benefit from is someone who has wisdom, like yours, like mine, like many of the people that we have on this show, that if they were able to go back and speak something, some clarity to themselves, what would that be? And how would that serve the rest of our listeners today who are maybe struggling with that idea of identity, that question of who am I, who was I created to be not, what do I need to do, but who do I need to show up as Mm -hmm. Lucy? If you were able to go back to tell a younger version of yourself, this beautiful little girl who is struggling, trying to find herself, she's getting in fights. She's, she's really wrestling with who she is. What would you say to her to help her really own who she is and to move forward with confidence in her life.
1: Yes, I, I see this often, Nathan, where, where sometimes we, even ourselves, you know, I, I would be a hypocrite by saying that I'm always happy and I'm always like upbeat. Because I'm not, you know, I'm human. But what I would tell Lucy, the younger Lucy, is that um, set goals, set mm-hmm. goals. and And I'm like, I don't know what I want. Sometimes I get to hear that, like, I don't know what I want. I don't don't even know what I like. Well, start exploring. Explore, you know, um, getting to know your creator, first of all, because you're going to receive a lot of wisdom and guidance. But also build wonderful relationships. Uh, Recognize the importance of building a strong network of relationships. And this could be, you know, Mm. your pastor at your church. This could be your teacher at the school. This could be your coach in sports. This could be friends that are a little bit older than you. Who do you admire? I want to ask you that question. Who do you admire and, and how do they behave? What are some of the goals they have? Uh, maybe that's an insight to, to do that, right? I wouldn't be here, I told you earlier, if it wasn't like people that believe in me like yourself and my other mentors, you know, I have hired coaches and mentors My since I was 21 years old to be where I'm at today. And I believe that that is important. You will find when you are ready to become a student, the teacher and the mentor is gonna come into your life, but you have to make sure that you know what you're looking for. So recognizing the power of having wonderful relationships and actively seeking for mentors and advisors who can provide you guidance and support in the areas that you are going to be. Most importantly, be open. Be open to change, be adaptable, cultivate in meaningful uh, relationships with your peers or whoever that might be in order for you to be able to find that community. I tell you, there's a lot of kids that don't feel like they belong, like Lucy when she was little. There's a lot of kids out there, young adults, that they feel like they're falling behind because they're measuring to somebody else that they see in social media. I'm Mm -hmm. telling you that you are just perfect the way you are. And it's up to you to set goals, set that vision for yourself, set clear objectives, actionable goals, break it down into small pieces in order for you to be able to take actions because it's so easy to dream. It's super easy to dream and to desire. But in order for you to do that, you also need to take action and create, you know, a roadmap of success. Even if it's okay, this week, I'm going to focus on reading for five minutes. Next week, I'm going to focus on walking for 10 minutes until you uh, believe in yourself, until you build that confidence and you're able to create that progress and keep motivating, right? Motivation is like a hat bath. I know it comes and goes, but make sure that vision is so clear that when motivation goes away, your vision will keep you moving you forward.
0: Mm. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Lucy, like everything that you just said is just right on 100%. You know, if you're listening to this, start dreaming, start dreaming again, set goals. I love this because the dream is, is a great way to start, to be thinking about what is it you want, the dreams that could become a possibility, dream big, but then not only dream about it, write it down, set a goal, and then actually start moving towards that, taking action. And I, I love that because it's so true. And I know that you've gotten to where you are today because you did dream. Because you set goals and then you started taking action steps towards those goals and surrounding yourself. I love this. Having a network of people that lift you up, Mm -hmm. who are going to inspire you to keep on going, that are going to motivate you when you have those moments of feeling down, not motivated. So this is absolutely a masterclass. Go back and re-listen even just the last 30 seconds, you know, five minutes. So much of what Lucy said is so powerful. Thank you, Lucy, so much for jumping on the show. It's so exciting to see what's going on in your life. Make sure that you go check out her website, check out uh, her book and the next book that's going to be coming out. And for all of you who are listening to the show right now, I want to make sure that you uh, go, like, subscribe, and share this episode with a friend who could truly hear and benefit from what Lucy said today. So we'll see you guys next time. But until then, remember to be more, see more, and experience more than before.